Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Ben and Colin. And in today's episode, we are going to be doing all football, all football. We're going to be reviewing the National Championship. We're going to be reviewing Black Monday, and uh, we're going to give our, I don't know how to phrase it, our post, no, our, our preseason, we're just going to talk about our preseason picks. The postseason preseason review, yes, and then our uh, and then we'll give you our playoff predictions, which I think will be fun. Um, so what are we going to start with first? Because we have a lot to start with. I say we start with the national championship. Just get it out of the way. National championship happened last night for us. When you're listening, it'll probably be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, so it's still kind of fresh on our minds. It's always weird to me how there's such a big uh, drought with college football. You have almost two weeks without it after like the college football playoffs and all the big bowl games. And you almost like forget about it. It's like, then we have week 18, of the NFL, it's so action packed. And then, Oh yeah. Tomorrow we have the championship game too. And I, I was just happy compared to how this game went last year, the national championship between Bama and Ohio state, that it was an actual game because last year that Ohio state team, or that Alabama team, excuse me, was not getting beat by anyone, and they just rolled Ohio State. It wasn't even close. So I was just happy that going into halftime, this was a game. I legitimately, at certain points throughout this game, thought that Stetson Bennett needed to be pulled because he just did not look like he had it. And I kind of – I would have been at the end of my line after that horrible sack fumble that ended up being an, a, a turnover and an easy touchdown for Bama. But after that turnover, Stetson Bennett did not throw another incomplete pass. Threw four more passes the rest of the game. Four for four, two touchdowns, one beautiful deep ball touchdown. So he really responded well. He deserved every bit of that national championship. And I was happy for Georgia and Kirby Smart. They, they I think, were the better team from, from wire to wire, despite the, the one loss they had to Alabama. But uh, all season long, we were saying this Georgia team is historic, and I think they finished off rightfully as the number one team in the country. Stetson Bennett's such a good story, too. I mean, they kept talking about it last night. He's a guy that started off as a walk-on at Georgia, ended up transferring because the coaches told him he had no shot at playing, transferred back to Georgia and ended up starting due to injuries. And, I mean, look how far he's come now. Uh, and good for Kirby Smart. It's I know we all love to uh, see someone other than Alabama win it, even though I personally do love Coach Saban and I love the Alabama program and how they go about things. Um, but I mean, this is as professional of a college game as you can get watching that game. It does not feel like a collegiate game all season. You watch like the Penn state and I mean the Auburns and just all these schools that really feel like college teams, they'll have their flaws. And then you last night felt like, like a professional, like invitational, you know what I mean? Like, it was just NFL players all over the field. Those Georgia linebackers are so freaking fast. They breathe linebackers. It's insane. Yeah, and they just fly around the field. And it's so – that's what makes their defense so special is you just cannot – it's so hard to get a big play on them because you can't hit the outside because they're going to meet you right there at the line. Um, and you can't run it right at the middle because 
Did you see big number 99, Jordan Davis? That man, I think they said he was like 360-some pounds. Um, That's a big boy. The the personnel they have on defense is outstanding, and it's so fun to watch. And uh, that pick six was the perfect way to cap off their season. Yes. I I was just glad because I was I was so high off of football of the ending of the uh, Sunday night football game that we will get to and talk about that when I realized the national championships tomorrow, I just I realized I needed more football. And I'm glad this was a game. Um, the SEC championship it was kind of boring wasn't really much of a game it wasn't what we saw in the national championship thank god but this was this was a throwback to old school sec football good defense running the ball quarterbacks didn't play great i mean uh bryce young heisman i think and um you know stenson bennett he was he didn't have to do much all season just because of how dominant that georgia defense was georgia has had a good defense three years now um, I'm glad to finally see they get, you know, get that chip off their shoulder. Um, yeah. Finally beating Alabama. Don't get me wrong. Shout out, Boo. I know he'll probably be listening to this. Um, I love Alabama. Don't get me wrong. I love Saban. I, I feel – I know people always make the comparisons, but it's the same – I see Saban the same way I see Belichick. And everyone loves rooting against the Patriots for those dynasties. But I gotta, I gotta give it to him. I love Belichick. I think just the way he goes about his stuff is so funny. It's so he's so serious that it just it's funny. Yeah, and, and he, Saban, he loves his players so much. So oh, yeah, does. I mean he that's yeah. as much as a winner he is, and as I as much as people like want to hate him, he really does it for the players, and he just he wants them to be successful young men. He does such a great job at it. And he's the cool thing about Saban too is he is very honest with NFL coaches about his players. I mean, he has came and said when an Alabama graduate goes to the NFL and he succeeds or don't succeed, and a, a team that drafted that player thinks, "How do we not see that coming?" Saban has said multiple times, "If you just came and asked me, I would have told you all you need to know about that player." So he is very open to going and talking to NFL coaches and telling them what this player does well, what they don't do well, and putting them in every position to succeed after they graduate Alabama, which I think is really, really cool. Cause it's not his job to worry about what they do once they go on, but he wants uh, individually for every single player to have for them to have successful careers. And, and his job in his mind does not stop when they leave Alabama, which I think is, is awesome. And I, I don't like the people that um, complain so much about how it's the same teams every year. And it's always the sec. Well, that's just how the sport works. It's always going to be like that. At least, until I don't know, Saban retires. The SEC, the top of the SEC is always going to be on top of college football, um, unless Lincoln Riley can really get something going at USC. But I don't, I mean, college football is more than just the college football playoff. If you are a fan of college football, it's about the schools and the traditions and the crazy fan bases and it's, I mean, if you just, it's about Virginia Tech um, hosting a big primetime game against Clemson. It's about, for me, Iowa hosting Penn State and having big noon kickoff come in. 
Um, it's so much more. I mean, I think any real fan of college football looks far more than just the college football playoff. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. I think I, especially when I saw like pregame speaking of which uh, Andrew Luck looks phenomenal. I think, I think he could walk out there and throw for 400 yards. Now, not a lot of people are talking about that. Um, but before the game, I mean, just getting like quick shots of all of those Georgia fans in the shoulder pads, the face paint, um, you know, they're, they're barking like dogs in the first like 10 rows of whatever section they're sitting in. It, it, it makes me want to transfer to Georgia and just be in that stand barking, Ooh, go dogs. Shit like oh, and that. The, I, the turnover, the turnover uh, spike pads that they use. Yes, those yes. are awesome. I think I think I like that more than I like the Miami turnover chain. I think I the, like the what's what's the school that has the uh, like the Nerf basketball hoop and just keeps dunking on the side. Oh, and they yeah, they dunk on each other. What school is that? I don't remember. Was it like? The turnover like, robe is up there for me. I I the same way. I don't know what's one, but I I think that's the turnover robe is cool. Except I'm sure that thing gets very sweaty after one or two turnovers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google this. Tennessee has like a trash can, which I think is real stupid. Yeah, I think it's cool too. I know this totally rated how stuff like that has made its way to baseball. I mean, you started. I really started seeing it, noticing it more like this last summer when teams would hit home runs. Like that. I think it's thing. pit. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're good. Pit. Pit. Hit. Yeah, isn't oh, it the ahead. Red Sox that like pushes a guy down a cart down the dugout? That was yes. sick. I Donovan I Donovan was able to see firsthand Brad Miller wear the straw hat like four times in a game at Wrigley. Come yeah. on, man. Fun Donovan, stuff. Donovan, do you think uh the Colts GM Chris Ballard, do you think he like sends a text message to Andrew Luck after every like Wentz performance? I, I mean I, I got to. I mean reconsidered. Yes, but I, I think even watching Andrew Luck, he was just so genuine, so happy. I mean, if you I don't know if you watched, but Robert Griffin III, who was right next to him, same draft class, he even asked him, like, what have you been up to? And he was just talking about his family, and it was so Old nice. Old-time so daddy sweet. duty. That was, and that was his statement. That was, that was awesome, and I, I cannot look at Colts fans the same way after they booed him when they left. I, I just I can't look at them the same. That's it's a heartfelt moment. I love Andrew Luck. It's Always hard to be an Andrew Luck guy. Sideline. They're both not very old at all. No, they're not. It's, it's crazy, but that's the NFL for you. Nothing's yeah. guaranteed. Um, before we move off this, I just want to uh quick like takeaways from I was just doing my scouting on you know it's I was doing my scouting report on all these future NFL players. Number thirty-one on Alabama, Will Anderson. He could be the number one pick next year. He is crazy to watch. I think he's going to be the best defensive player in college football next year, if not the best overall player. Him and Bryce Young coming back, I don't know what's going to happen with Jameson Williams. I really hope that it doesn't affect his draft stock much to the point where he has to come back. But Alabama is going to be a force again. They're, they're probably going to be my pick next year. 
because they have so many great returning players. I mean, this and, was te- technically a down year for Bama. It was a rebuilding they were, season. They them. were still a, a, a fourth quarter away from a national championship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I'd either have to go Bama or Ohio State. I mean, I know Ohio State's losing receivers, but I think – they're going to be with with Shroud in year two, and then Smith and Jigba and Marlon Harrison Jr. I mean, that's I think they'll they'll end up being okay after losing. I, are they losing two or three receivers? They're losing to Olave and Garrett Wilson. I think okay. I think we see Ohio State back in the playoff next year just because. I, so too. I mean, who really in the Big Ten is pro- is going to stop them next year? This is this was Michigan's best team, and they may lose Harbaugh as well, and that was the only thing that kept them out this year. So, we'll see. Also, you guys can we'll fact see. check me on this, but I'm 99% sure I picked Georgia to win in the preseason. I think I had him up there. I, th- I think I might have it too. I'm not 100% sure. We should have checked on that. I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm 99% sure that I had – I said this is Georgia. We can we, – we'll look at it after the show, and then we'll tweet it out. How about that? There. That's good. Boom. Booyah. I'm putting that on you, Colin. Okay. We'll find it. You better. All right. We're getting into the next part. Uh, Black Monday, a tradition. Um, I, well, for one coach, in per, for two coaches in particular, it wasn't such a Black Monday. Um, Vic Fangio, he was told he was going to get fired on what, Sunday? Something like that? After yeah, they played because, the because they Saturday. played Saturday. Yeah. So Vic Fangio out with the Broncos. Then on Sunday, or no, on Monday, we were informed Matt Nagy, Brian Pace, done. Mike Zimmer, who I assume uh, was going to get canned earlier in the year, got canned. Um, you have, the, I guess the real shocker was Brian Flores of the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, I think that really shocked the world. Hearing the reports afterwards, I understand why, but man, I, he beat Belichick the last three times he played him. Who can say that? Yeah. Not many people can say that. He's going to get a job. I mean, he's going to get another job by next year. He's going to be a head coach this offseason. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. And I was how about gonna the say, Giants? They took a beat. Yeah. 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 Giants. Who? I mean, I, I didn't obviously watch the Giants game on Sunday, but if you – even just tune into red zone. They showed some of the play calling they had. Like your team is out of playoff contention. You're not even playing a team that also is in playoff contention. It's just two nobodies playing the last game of the season. Sure, you're backed up against your own end zone, but you ran two QB sneaks in a row. Come on, show no, some. No, yeah. And I don't like the comments he was making post game in some of these interviews. No, well. What was funny was he was asked about that in the post game, like why'd you, why'd you do two quarterback sneaks in a row? And he said, like, and I quote, um, "It was because the Bears safety us last week, and we were just nervous." <laughs> he had the Bears, just... the the Chicago Bears in his head from last week. That's, who I mean, it was like what three weeks ago where the Giants guaranteed him his job back, and he lost it in three weeks. That is something. Because they definitely, by far, looked like the worst team in football to end the year. Yes. Yes. I mean, granted, it was. It looked a lot better. 
granted it was with Mike Glennon and Jake from State from uh, quarterback. We're both atrocious. It was bad. Yes. And uh, their GM is out as well. David. Yes. Is it Gettleman? Gettleman? Yeah. He, yeah, he wasn't good either. He resigned. But I think I think a lot of New York fans were waiting on that one as well. So yes. I think I think uh, Giants fans are very happy with how this all turned out. And how about them? Uh, them using a first round selection on Kadarius Tony and spending that big money on Galladay, and neither of them caught a single touchdown this year. It yeah, was, it was just an atrocious season all around for New York. I mean, this was a team that last year ended up missing the playoffs by a game, even though they went once six and ten. They still missed the playoffs by a game. And was expected to take a step forward and compete. Uh, some in this call even would have said win a division, which we'll get to later. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this was a team that was supposed to step forward despite all the glaring red flags, like Joe Judge getting in a fight with his offensive line coach last year. Um, but regardless, completely fell flat on their face. We don't even know what the status of Daniel Jones is going into next year because he had that neck thing, which still apparently isn't completely recovered. So. It's, this is a team, the future looks brighter now than it did 24 hours ago because Joe Judge is gone, but they're still probably – this a team that we thought was maybe two years away going into this year might realistically be another three years away, and maybe even longer than that if they don't have the quarterback. This team is, is nowhere near good right now. I mean, just looking where the division's at, um, the NFC East, you got Philadelphia – even though they're not great picks, they still have three first-round picks. Um, and then you have the Cowboys, who we'll talk about later in the show. Um, yeah, how about how about trading your quarterback for a first-round pick and then still making the playoffs and then still having three first-round picks? That's a terrific spot to be in. And it yes. looks like and we'll, it's we'll, like a Madden dream. Oh, yeah. And they found an identity, and it looks like they got the right hire a head coach. Yes. Um, other than that, I would say with the head coaching jobs, well, let me ask you this. Do you think anyone else will get fired? I do not think anyone else will get fired. I think that Matt Rule is locked in. I know Colin's not a fan, but I could see the Raiders bringing back Asachia. I, I mean – I have mixed opinions on that because if you were to – I think there's definitely long-term, definitely better options out there. But if you were to move away from Bisaccia, that could definitely um, cause some bad stuff in the locker room. I mean, I don't think yeah. they should mess up with what they have. They have something special in the locker room right now, and I, I now feel like they shouldn't mess with it too much. Especially, especially if they go in and win or come close to winning in Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a couple of weeks ago going into that Cleveland game when this is a team that was going to miss the playoffs. It was like, okay, we got to find a new coach. And what do we do about Derek Carr? Now this team looks pretty locked in with the current group for the future. And oh God, is there some good candidates out there? Yeah. I mean, you talk I, about Jim Harbaugh potentially leaving Michigan. And you know he's close with Vic Fangio, so that potential of having that staff, um, and now Brian Flores is a candidate. It's it's really tough. This, this is what I was saying to my dad earlier today. I was like, 
you don't want to have to lose a coach or fire a coach, but as like a team that whose coach just got fired, this was might've lucked into like the best off season for it to happen because this is a group like there are plenty of candidates. I could I could think of five right now where if they were to get hired tomorrow as a new coach of the Vikings, I would be very excited. When in past years, it is a couple big names where they're going go into the best situation and you just got to get lucky and hope your team is one of them. When in this off offseason, there are multiple names I'd be excited about coming to Minnesota. Yeah, and if I'm Kellen Moore, Minnesota is probably my top option. Yeah. Look at yeah. the weapons that they have. He, he is at the top of my list, especially if there's a candidate um, out of their front office. If I, I can't remember his name um, because Minnesota is a team that's – there's three teams that are looking for both GM and head coach now, Giants being one and Bears being the other. There is a guy up top in that organization who's been kind of like director of player personnel, kind of like the right-hand man to the important people in Dallas. If they were able to poach him out and bring him and Kellen Moore as kind of a package deal – uh, it would be that would be electric because Minnesota had one of those. They had their right hand man who actually uh, left and went to Denver last offseason, George Patton, who I think is a phenomenal GM for for Denver. So if Vikings can steal him from Dallas and bring those two together, that would be that would be pretty sweet. But it does suck a little bit to think that the Vikings did kind of. I mean, if there's no way they could have predicted it would have ended like this, but if they would have seen this coming two off seasons ago and just moved on, then they could have went straight from Spielman and Zimmer to George Patton and Kevin Stefanski. That would have been sweet, but obviously you didn't, you, we had no clue that it was going to end like this. So hopefully they can make two good hires this off season, but man, they, they had the replacements in the building and they went to other teams and are now succeeding with other teams. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, yeah, you said it perfectly. I think since we have so much to talk about this show, we will save kind of like coaching carousel for another segment for another day. Um, but I think with that, we're going to hop into – I think before we review um, our preseason picks, I think what we're going to do is we're just going to give a very, very short recap of Week 18. Because this, you can make the case, was one of the best, if not the best weekend of football ever. Yeah. And I, sorry, go ahead. I was go just ahead. gonna say last thing before we move off this coach's thing. Um, Jeremy Fowler is is reporting that the Panthers are looking to talk with Vikings offense coordinator Clint Kubiak for their offense coordinator job which I think is just hilarious because you guys have heard me talk for the last couple of weeks about how this dude cannot call an offense. Yeah. And especially yeah. everyone got to see on Sunday night football, the tight end screens and the second and long, like delayed handoffs. <laughs> I think, I mean it for the Panthers, they would go from horrible offense to horrible offense. I mean, no disrespect to Clint Kubiak, <laughs> but whatever play calling ability his dad Gary had did not pass <laughs> down. So I one season for me was enough of Gary or of Clint Kubiak. So if the Panthers hire him as OC, I think that would be hilarious. But Especially, yes, yeah, that would be very funny. I'm I'm sorry. I just I, I I saw that on Twitter right as we moved on. So back back. No no no. You're good. You're good. You're good. All right. So let's we got to talk about week eight. So we'll start with we'll we'll skip Saturday's games. The Saturday's games didn't really mean it. Yeah, nothing. Sunday happened. the early slate. The one thing that we needed for chaos, which if you listen to this podcast, you know, especially for me, I root for chaos. 
Yeah. So I was all on this Jags Colts game. And boy, was this Trevor Lawrence's coming out game, um, his breakout game. He looked good. Could really not good. have come at a better time. Exactly. And the Colts, boy, I mean, we did um, like the Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz comparisons a couple weeks ago. And ever since I, I backed Carson Wentz, I said he had a little bit left in the tank. He just, he fell off a cliff, man. Not only did he have his first turnover on the road, um, or no, his first interception on the road, sorry. He had like three interceptions in total, and he may have probably fumbled. I don't know. It's Carson Wentz. I wouldn't put it. He did the shovel pass him. garbage again. Like yes, it's, it's you, it, 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 The Colts were so hot. And they were so good, and everyone was so sure that this was going to be a dark horse team. Week 15, week 18, they're not even in the playoffs. That's insane. No, yeah, they went from the team that nobody wanted to play to literally like not even in the playoffs. That's insane to me because they – actually, you're right. They did seem like the hottest team in football just a couple weeks ago after they beat New England and won convincingly at Arizona. I was convinced that they were going to win at least one playoff game. Yeah. yeah. I, as a Bills fan, and, I had nightmares of Jonathan Taylor uh, in Buffalo again. But and we'll I, didn't even, I didn't even think a whole lot about their loss to the Raiders last week because I was like, it was a close loss. You didn't, the quarterback didn't play well, and you still almost came out with a victory. This is still a good team. They just faced a Raiders team at the wrong time. They'll go yeah. into Jacksonville, take care of business, and man, does life come at you fast. They, they still haven't, haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. That's insane. Insane. Jacksonville. And Jacksonville should have won this game by more. They had to keep settling for oh, field yes. goals, and they had dropped touchdowns, and it was completely lopsided. It was never close. Not at all. And that really opened the door for Pittsburgh, man. That's that's when all the badness started. Yeah, so the next game we'll talk about was obviously that Steelers-Ravens game. Um, I mean, it wasn't beautiful, that's for sure. But, I mean, J.J. Watt tied the all-time sack record. Good for him. Um, but uh, Tyler Huntley, I think I think the world uh, kind of overreacted on him. Um, His Ravens, was sky high two weeks ago. Sorry. Yes, it was, but he did not look good. The Ravens lost Excuse me, five in a row to end the season. Not great. The other number that surprises me, um, I mean, they went from what was it, like eight and three to eight and nine to end the season, but they went one and five this season in their division. One and five. That's insane. I think you can you can chalk this season for the Ravens up to a lot of things. It was injuries number one, most injured team. Um, but I saw a stat going into week 18. It might have been week 17, but they were at that week 17, 18 point. They were 21 points away from being the number one seed in the AFC, and they were 11 points away from having the number one overall draft pick. They yeah, were just like three of those losses at the end were by one point, and I think one of them was by two points. Yeah, I mean, they were just addicted to going for those late-game two-point conversions that never panned out. It it was was just – 
I, I, I didn't understand it. Um, but they're really hurt. I mean, they played with Tyler Huntley and Josh Johnson at quarterbacks at some point. Um, would they have made the playoffs with Lamar Jackson? Yes. Would they have made the playoffs with Trace McSorley? Obviously. But tough season for them. I think they'll be right back at yeah. it next year. But Pittsburgh, I think we'll talk about in the playoff preview. But Big Ben, man, one last ride. One last ride. I just hope that the Chiefs don't I, – I hope this isn't a Dan Marino situation. I think he's going to go out ugly. Yeah, I think the Chiefs win this game by, like, three touchdowns at least. I, I think it's probably there, more than that. Yeah. But there is – I think that you, you can look at this multiple ways and convince yourself that the Steelers could make it close. You could say, well, T.J. Watt could force a fumble in a key situation. Or you could say Good. Najee Harris could go beast mode and break five tackles and score an 80-yard touchdown. That's about it. I mean, they – I think Big Ben is last in yards per attempt. This this team is very, very limited on offense. But T.J. Watt, I mean, he he had to have locked up Depoy, right? Yeah. It, I would I mean, he's so. – I just did – I did not get to see a lot of this game. That's why I don't have much to say. Um, the only part I really saw was overtime where oh, – the fourth down conversion was clutch to Ray Ray McLeod. When that came out of Ben's hand, I genuinely thought it was underthrown. It's like, there's no way this dude just underthrew an eight-yard in route. But uh, yeah. great adjustment on the ball, and they kind of backpedaled his way to the first down. But it's, I, I at one point thought, this is going to end in a tie, and they're both going to eliminate themselves. That, that was going, that that was going was through my mind. That was so funny. And that honestly, be I so funny. bad offensively game. That was like, that's a serious possibility, even without yes. There was a part of me that wanted that because that would have left the door open for the Colts to get back in. I was like, I would probably rather watch Jonathan Taylor and Carson Wentz do something really funny instead of either of these teams. But it it yes. wasn't meant to be. But there was there was serious thought in my mind like this: they are going to knock both of themselves out by not being able to score in a ten minute period. Yep. All right. Let's move on to that four o'clock slate. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, we can't do that yet, man. I mean, we just have to acknowledge that Dan Campbell and the Lions ate some. Oh, you're out. right. You're right. Dan Campbell and the Lions, they won. They did lose out on the first overall pick, though. That was the one thing. It's It was Matt LaFleur doing chestnut checkers. I don't know, but that's. I don't think it's going to come back to hurt them that much because they're just going to get whichever one of Hutchinson and Thibodeau that Jacksonville nope. doesn't take. So, yep. it, and it, it would be different circumstances if it was like a Lawrence year or with some generational quarterback. But I think this was this was like the a, a certain year where it's not going to really hurt them. So you might as well have some fun and pull out the trick plays. The Lions broke the record for fourth down attempts in a season, and I mean that's classic Dan Campbell, my favorite coach in sports, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, six straight games with eight catches to end the season. He is a stud. And, uh, he, he's going to go off the board in fantasy next year so early. And he needs to. Uh, and Jared yes. Goff down the stretch wasn't a bad quarterback. He was pretty good. I mean, in the last yeah. few games that he played in. So I'm sure he's going to be locked in for the starter next year as well. I Yeah, I, I would agree. Jared Goff is not 
a generational quarterback, but I think he's an upgrade over what is available in this draft, at least at the moment. And I think the Lions have bigger needs. And I think both of the two defensive ends at the top are so much generational talent that I think it would be better for them to go one of those two and golf than quarterback that maybe turns out better than golf. I mean, there is no guarantee that even the top quarterback in this draft becomes a better quarterback than Jared Goff, which is insane to say, but I am not excited about any of these prospects. So. No, man, guys love to play for Dan Campbell. And I mean, his players were completely bought in the end of the season. They were fighting despite having. Biting kneecaps. Yeah, biting kneecaps. Love it. All right. Um, We'll move on to the four o'clock slate where there wasn't too many games. I mean, there were good games, but not too much implication. I think the one game will kind of hit hard was the Rams Niners. And I just wanted to uh, uh, make fun of Ben, who uh, I think in the first half made fun of me because I am a Kyle Shanahan stand. Shanahan was getting his ass kicked. And then McVeigh went and celebrated in the end zone after a touchdown. And then the Niners came back and won. So, Ben, I would like an apology. I forgot that he owns McVeigh for whatever reason. He's beaten McVeigh the last, like, six times or something, maybe even longer than that. I don't think Kyle Shannon is a bad coach by any means. I just think he gets way too much praise for so little success that he's had as a head coach. I agree. Because if they miss the playoffs, I mean, his resume is not looking great. I, I, would, I, I, it would not I, shock me whatsoever if he goes into Dallas and outcoaches the hell out of Mike McCarthy because he's a better he, he's a better coach than Mike McCarthy, but I don't think he's just he so often gets put in like anywhere from like the fifth to tenth best coach, and I just don't have I, him that I, high. I, I easily think he should be. Okay. You you look at his resume. You look at his resume. He took Jimmy Garoppolo to the fucking Super Bowl. Well, what that, did he do the other years? That defense though was the other the, the other years were just completely riddled with injuries. I mean they lost Bosa, the they lost Garoppolo, they lost Kittle. I mean yeah. they didn't have Debo all these years. They went through running backs like it was a fucking Oreo sleeve. But if this know. year they missed the playoffs and the Saints got in over them and they had what like Nine wins on the season. I mean, that's just not good enough. It, it, that would have been, been four or five seasons it, they missed it. Correct. I, I agree. Um, I just – I think he's a good coach. I think if you gave Shanahan a guy like Matthew Stafford, uh, the 49ers would be at, like, 13, 14 wins. They would be call- better than what – they would be better than what the Rams are right now, I, I would think. He did call a great game. They had some great play calls. Yes. My favorite yes. was probably when Debo threw that touchdown to Jawan Jennings. Juwan they tried, Jennings they tried that last amazing. week, too, and it didn't work. Sorry. Yeah. They tried that last week against Houston to uh, Brandon Ayuk, and it didn't work. And then they came right back to it. And then Debo had that 55-yard catch when they yes. were down seven points. What, was, I still don't know if Jimmy intended to throw the ball like behind him like that, but it looked like elite ball placement. But I seriously think Jimmy just underthrew it. So, I, that would not shock me. Yeah, because if you watch the play, Ramsey is sitting underneath while Debo is running an out route, and 
you would think what he was trying to do is fit it in over Ramsey, but in front of the safety. But what ends up happening is he basically just throws it behind Debo. And by the time Ramsey adjusts to a pass that is so far off, he dives and can't get to it. And Debo makes a great adjustment on the football and then catches and takes off. So did he mean to do that? I don't think so. Did it work out incredibly well? Yes, it did. All right. Um, I think that'll wrap up that four o'clock slate, but then we get on to the big one. And oh boy, did we almost get what everyone wanted? I wouldn't say everyone. This <laughs> you would get in with a tie. I don't I don't get why you were so opposed to this tie. We would have had to play at Arrowhead. Okay. I'd almost but rather miss the playoffs. I don't necessarily think going at Cincinnati against probably the hottest team in football right now. I know well, they didn't. I'd uh, take that any day over going to Arrowhead after what I saw earlier this season. I, I, I'm I going to be honest. When we, we'll get to our playoff predictions, but I think the Bengals are going to torch the Raiders. Oh, I think God. it'll be the biggest blowout. Are you game. aware that it's going to be like 30 degrees and like snow? They're not going to be able I to get air that. out if they want to. I – it's Joe fucking Burrow, okay? He threw for 900 and some odd on, yards in two be games. one in the trenches. It's going to be one on the ground. They still got Joe Mick. All right, whatever. Regardless, this game was insane. Brandon Staley addicted to going for it on fourth down. He's the he's similar to Dan Campbell. Is he loves going for fourth down? He just never makes the right play call uh, until it's the fourth quarter or fourth and eight plus um but regardless going for it on fourth and one and deep in your own territory i thought was the nail in the coffin i honestly did i thought there was no way they'd come back but sure as shit justin herbert wheels them to 15 points seven minutes whatever it was converting six fourth downs in the fourth quarter of eight plus yards that's insane i've never seen that Oh, Herbert was incredible. Do, yeah, I couldn't do that on Madden if I wanted. And I'd never seen receivers that tired before. And they have some good receivers. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, Guyton, uh, the new guy. Um, yeah. I don't know if Palmer got a lot of playing time, but I'm a big Palmer guy too. The receivers in the secondary were completely running off fumes at the end of that game. The fourth yes. quarter in overtime. And, yeah, it was just Herbert – I think he's a top five quarterback right now. He made play after play after play. I did too. And it was it was all Herbert. I mean, it was just him being outstanding on those fourth down plays. Um, quarters and, quarters one through three and a half of this game, he was not getting a lot of help either. There were some uncharacteristic drops by Keenan Allen, a couple other players. Um, he put a couple balls in harm's way, but he was not getting a lot of help and the fact that my dad and I kept saying this is it, that he can't pick this one up, it's that at some point the luck is going to run out, and they picked up every single one, just continued to blow my mind. And it's awesome how every – because the rest of their careers, Herbert and Burrow are going to be compared. It's just every week when one does something incredible, the other just comes right back and is like, yeah, I'm here too. And I think they will continue to battle. I mean – if you look at, at the trajectory we're heading, the top quarterback right now, Brady's eventually going to retire. Rodgers eventually going to retire. I mean, 
there's there's a point when who knows in the, in four or five years when they could be going back and forth every week for the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, it's it is incredible how talented. Her, I know we're talking about Herbert, but both Herbert and Burrow are. Yeah, and my God, you're right, Donovan. That play call was horrendous, or uh, yeah. the decision to go for it there was horrendous. I've never seen anything like that at the professional level. I don't even know if I would have did that in Madden. That's the, the only. <laughs> The only thing that was running through my head when I when I saw they ran out there was is Brandon Staley imitating that the, the famous uh, high school football coach, the, the Madden high school football coach. If you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. There was this high school football coach that he would kick an onside kick every time they would kick off. They went for two after every touchdown and they would go for every fourth down. No matter the time of the game. And no I'll tell you distance, what. And they run up the score every time. He now coaches at Presbyterian. He's now a yes. collegiate coach. They won their first two games and got blown out in almost every single other game. Yes. But it was They're a great not looking great. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love that story. I'll tell that story to my future kids. Yeah, I think the um, first game was like 84 to 43. Yeah. Then but we yeah, got to talk about – we got to talk about the uh, overtime, and I was I was so pumped. I've never been so pumped for a coin toss because I honestly thought I don't know who went out for the Raiders. I know it was Chase Daniels for the, uh, Chase the Chargers. M I Z. Sorry, Chase Chase Daniel. My apologies. Um, I would have laughed my ass off if like right right after they do the coin toss, they do the handshake. And they bring it in real close, and you see him have a conversation being like, you want to just kneel this thing? Yeah, that I mean, that's, been... where, that's where you would negotiate it is right there yeah. in front of America. It's like, look, hey, we want to make it to the playoffs. Like, I get it. You play to win the game. Herm Edwards or uh, who else said that? I think John Madden said that. Rest in peace. But um, Play to win the game. Yeah, you, you always play to win the game. However, when you – Week 18, you play to get in the playoffs. And tying in that scenario was getting to be a really likely possibility. I mean, Raiders go down, take a field goal. Chargers go down, nearly get the game-winning score. Just slipped out of Mike Williams' hands. Um, But regardless, they kick the field goal. Raiders get the ball, work on the clock. And then the worst timeout. I've ever seen. Well, no, 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 no. Because first he didn't call a timeout. Because we got to two minutes. And I honestly, I don't get why everyone's so mad about this. Because we get to a point where it is uh we we're under two minutes and the Chargers don't call the timeout after the Raiders run. So it's second and eleven now, and we're down to about a, under a minute 30. The Chargers are not calling timeout, so it's like okay, they're definitely playing for the tie now. And then Josh Jacobs runs for seven yards. So now we have a third and four. The Chargers call a timeout. And I don't get it because the I Raiders don't... weren't going to, they weren't going to call a timeout. Look, if you're the Chargers. No, but the Raiders would have no ran way. the play and they would have no, tried get to get that. the first down. Right. If you're the Chargers, there's no way you're getting a stop and getting the ball back. That's out of the question. No, but you can get a stop to the point where it's a very tough, like, 60-yard field goal. Yeah. 
I, so I actually I I don't think the timeout was that bad because his players were scrambling on defense. They weren't like ready for the play. He had to get set for, and I mean it didn't end up working out. But I get the logic of trying to send out a good defense to stop the Raiders here, so that they have to kick a long field goal. I'm with Colin here because what he was trying to prevent was what happened on the Josh Jacobs run, if that makes sense. He knows that, okay, if we make the stop here, I'm calling this timeout not to get the ball back. I'm calling this timeout to hold them to two to three yards here to the point where they either have to take a long field goal or don't even risk it, and we just end with a tie. He knew they were going to run the ball here, and Colin's right. They were scrambling, so why not put out this our best run defense we know they're going to run it anyway. So if if against their best run defense, I picked up the first down, they probably would have picked it up anyway against a worse run defense. So it it's this timeout looks really bad because they didn't execute. No, so I'm saying is like the Raiders don't want the tie because now they're in no, a situation. I get that. I get that. It's the like Chargers a- were in a situation where the only way they would be able to get in the playoffs was if they tied. And the Raiders, you know, had the fate in their own hands. I'm just saying, I, I understand your point. That is a good point. But at the same time, it's it's clock management. And you got to realize if they don't call the timeout, the clock's still running. The Raiders weren't going to call timeout, which means with 40 seconds and the play clock, that play clock would have gotten down really low. And regardless if they got a stop or not, I'm saying the, the Chargers could have held Josh Jacobs up or whoever was going to run the ball at that in that scenario if the clock is still winding down that it could be the end of regulation you know what I'm saying well the Raiders if, I mean I think the Raiders would have called a timeout anyways um and I mean even though he called like deep timeout. into the play clock but if then if the Raiders were going to call the timeout why did Staley jump the gun oh no like they were going to call it on that play they were going to call it after they ran their run play. right, but it, there's 40 seconds left, and there's 40 seconds of the play clock. That's what I'm just it saying. It was not. It was not you, directly even. I don't believe. It was, it was very close, and all I'm saying is, if Staley didn't call timeout and they ran the ball, just to get down, it would have been very close to the end of regulation, regardless of where they would have ended up on the field. They probably would have picked up the first down anyways and still kicked the field goal. I think we're sitting here having a completely different conversation if they just execute the run defense. They know the run was coming. They just failed to execute. I, I, I'm just – I'm just, I'm still upset yeah. because I have to watch oh, – look, I, Big Ben, great career. He'll end up in the Hall of Fame. I would have rather him gone out on two straight wins at home against the Browns, on the road against the Ravens, yeah, and just call the career there not adding the shit kicking he's going to get in against Kansas City, yeah. where for his sake, they'll probably take him out in the third quarter, put a Mason Rudolph for early 2022 reps. Um, I would have rather see Justin Herbert in an absolute. Oh, yeah. All of well, America. Rather see, yeah. I'd rather see Justin. At least I would, I would hope you'd rather see the next future superstar quarterback, but I'm sure Pennsylvania disagrees. And this season is a – we're going to get into, like, grading, um, like, first-year head coaches, but this season is a big letdown for Staley and the Chargers. When you look at 
you have Justin Herbert, and he's probably the only like a league level quarterback that's not in the playoffs. I can't think of another one. Um, but I mean, that's you have Justin Herbert. I mean, Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's if you're a, on that. If you're on that train, which I'm not. Yeah, no, I, that for another episode. I feel you there, but Lamar hurt. Supposed to be a defensive minded head coach, but your defense stinks, despite having some good personnel. And I mean, you you lose three of your last four. That's not a good look. I I see that as a failure in your first. It, it wasn't a great first year. I I think he'll bounce back. He still has some things to learn, and he, he's a young guy. If you look at Brandon Staley, I look older than Brandon Staley. I don't know yeah. how old he is, but he's what he's got. He looks like he's twenty four. It's insane. Oh yeah. I think we overlooked with the Chargers how my, how they're a very top heavy in terms of talent, and then man, do they fall off an absolute cliff? Yeah. And there were some there is some talent deficit that they just couldn't overcome. I mean, this was a team that couldn't really stop the run or play defense. And really, if you look at Eckler's stats, he had an awesome season, but the just strictly running the football stats weren't anything fantastic. They weren't a great running team. We saw right tackle Storm Norton get absolutely just bulldozed on every single play on, on Sunday. I mean, and, and their defense was nothing special. I think because of the stars like Keenan Allen and Herbert and Eckler and Derwin James, they are very top-heavy, and then there is a very big gap in terms of talent. There are some starting positions, one of their linebackers, a couple of their defensive linemen, where it is just – they are very bad in certain position skill groups. I mean, there's there's a definite chance that the Chargers, I mean, next year just end up becoming like what the Bills are, or Bills, yeah. I guess, kind of were. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um, but where the Bills, all they do is just – Pass, 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 pass. With with a good offseason, I think the Chargers can compete for one of the best records in the AFC next year. I but do, they, which, they need a good offseason. So we'll lead that into the summary. Go for it. I am so unbelievably proud of this Raiders team, the way that they bounce. Yeah, give them credit. Shout out to shout Pisaccia. Yeah, Holy the way- shit, what a job. The, just the whole locker room. Um, uh, what happened with Gruden, and then the whole rugs thing. I think is really. I think they were they were fine after the Gruden thing. Losing your head coach is bad enough, but the whole rugs thing. It was just such a tragedy, and I mean, I can't imagine what that would do to that locker room and those players. And Basaccia having to come in and just deal with all this out of nowhere. He's never been a head coach at any level before. And then, obviously, it affected them because they went and lost five of six games. But to be able to bounce back from all that, still come together and, like, have that good of a locker room and have Basaccia be able to lead them the way that he did and then beat just four playoff game wins in a row. Because, I mean, every they knew they had to win out if they wanted a shot at the playoffs. Yeah. And they grinded out all four of those wins. And uh, Derek Carr gets to play in his first playoff game. So super proud of those guys. I thought the season was over after that, like, 40-point loss at Arrowhead. But, man, they bounce back, and they are rolling right now. So, and they – huge stage on Sunday Night Football, and they came out on top. So super proud of those guys. 
Oh yeah. All right. So let's get into our uh what our preseason predictions were. So I know me and Colin have records. Ben do not. So I think this is what we'll do. We'll just go division by division and we'll say the records that we had them at. And Ben, you just put them like yeah. in order of where you had them in the division. And then we'll I, I say we don't spend too much time on this. Um still got the playoffs to talk about, but um kind of give brief summaries on ones that we missed. So let's start with the AFC East. I, was, ahead, I don't remember exactly why I didn't do records, but I do have I have my thought process behind where I had every single team and obviously we're gonna keep it quick, but I have some I have some really funny reasonings for why I place certain players in <laughs> certain teams. So I'm excited to get into this. I I went through the whole playoff predictor before the season started, and that's how I Yeah, got. I did too. Mm-hmm. I did too. Um, all right, so let's get started. AFC East. I had the division winner, Buffalo Bills, at 14 and 3. Pretty good. Um, what they end up, they ended up eleven and eleven and six, yeah. A couple games off, but still pretty good. Dolphins at 10 and 7. Um, finished 9 and 8. Pretty good there. Patriots were the one I missed. Um, I had them at 9 and 8. They ended up finishing 10 and 7. So actually, not too far off. I just had the Patriots finishing third in division. And Jets, I was not high on Zach Wilson, still not very high on them. I had them at 1 and 16. They went 4 and 13. Yeah, we were all pretty spot on with AFC East. This is one of our, our best predictions. I yes. had the Bills at 11 and 6, um, because I knew they had a tough schedule. They finished 11 and 6. Uh, the Dolphins, though, I had at 10 and 7. They finished at 9 and 8. Only one game off. Um, they started off a little worse than I thought they would. Uh, New England, I was wrong. I had them at 8 and 9. They finished 10 and 7. The Mac Jones experiment has gone a little better and more smoothly than I thought it would. And then I was right about the Jets as well, four and 13. So I think in total, I had the Bills and Jets right. I was only one off the Dolphins and two off for the Patriots. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I had the same, at least in terms of the order. Um, I, I, I figured the Bills would win this division pretty easily. It obviously ended up being much closer because it took all 18 weeks to figure it out. Um, I had the Dolphins finishing second and grabbing the sixth seed in the AFC, one of the wild cards. I thought Tua was going to take a step forward. He had his moments in the second half against inferior competition, but it's, it's his future is still very murky. I said that the Patriots would fight for a playoff spot, kind of the exact same as you guys around that eight to nine win area. Obviously went a little bit better than that, and they're they're traveling to Buffalo for a big playoff game this weekend, and then Jets in last. I think that that was that was pretty much a gimme. So AFC, yeah. if you just look at the AFC East, this was probably, I mean, you this or the AFC South was probably the easiest to predict. So yeah, we all it all went according to how we thought. Um, I think next year, or I guess me and Colin can even do it this if we want to, but I think next year we should make it a competition to where we have to guess precisely all the team's record and we can count like each game we get off or something like that uh, to begin the season. But I think you're right. We did hit the uh, nail on the head there, whatever that expression goes. I don't know. AFC North. All right. This one, hand up, not very good. My division winner, Cleveland Browns at 12-5. and five. 
Um, Browns finish an astounding eight and nine. Not very good. I the Ravens making a playoff spot in second place, going eleven and six. Um, they went eight and nine. Uh, I had the Steelers in third place, going nine and eight, which they went nine seven and one. Right there, and then the Bengals. I had a four and thirteen, and Bengals obviously mm-hmm. went and won the division. So AFC North, hand up. Uh, I I pretty much got it completely upside down. Yeah, I was. We're, we're all too high on the Browns. Yeah. division. I was. I, I was think, pretty oh, close ahead, to you here. No, I was just gonna say I had the same kind of feeling about each team. I thought both the Ravens and Browns would be really good. You had the Browns winning the division by game. I had the Ravens beating the Browns and getting first by game. I think if you looked at most of America coming into the season, a lot of people either had the Ravens or the Browns taking this one, both teams who we thought would take a step forward. I mean, Ravens last year, Lamar won a playoff game. You thought, okay, new offseason. I mean, this is they take a step forward. I mean, it looked that way. They were eight and three, first in the AFC at one point, and then just the injuries and the Larmar injury became too much to overcome. So I had Ravens at one. Browns, I had Baker having a really good year. I thought he would continue that role he had to finish 2020. That obviously did not happen. I could not have been more wrong there. Um, Steelers at three, I wrote, I don't, I didn't love Big Ben or the O-line. I was right there. And then Bengals, I thought their defense would be absolutely atrocious. It has been far better than expected, and their offense is just if, – if they can't stop you, they'll just outscore you. So it would, I, I would have to guess that if you aren't from Ohio, you probably ha- didn't have the Bengals win this division. So I don't take a whole lot of fault here because this was just a team that took a massive step forward a lot earlier than we thought. I have an out for at least myself for having the Bengals at 4-13. and 13. I would have put them – a lot higher if we just weren't completely false reported about Jamar Chase not being able to catch the football in the preseason. Well, wasn't this that there were there were negative reports on Burrow and how he looked after his injury? You're, you're yeah, right. all that with Chase. Uh, their defense, we all downplayed their defense a little bit. I still don't think it's elite by any means, um, but we thought it would be a complete liability. I, th- and, I thought their corners might have been the worst, like, corner group in the league coming into the year with, like, Eli Apple and Trey Waynes. I mean, Eli Apple certainly had his moments. I mean, I'm pretty sure he put Jerry Judy on, like, Alcatraz at the end of the <laughs> season. So There was just too much negatives on in a really good division for me to have them get a lot of wins. So I only had yeah. them 5 and 12. And to be fair, uh, I think also with the Browns, it was clear, especially towards the end of the year, that Baker was hurt. Um, and I know we've talked about Baker the last couple of episodes, but Baker, um, I did not play good this year at all. I think part of it does have to do with the injury. I don't think Baker's this bad, but I don't necessarily know if he was as good or if he can consistently be as good as he was when they made the playoffs and won a playoff game. Yeah, and I was so high on the Browns. I had them 12 and 5, winning the division, yeah. winning a playoff game. Um, so that's that's unfortunate. That I was off on that. The, I had the Ravens at 11 6. So I don't think it's too bad if they were healthy. I think that's about what they would have finished. And the Steelers 8 and 9, which is only a game and a half off. So uh, I was definitely a lot better in the East, but this one, this one was a lot tougher to predict. Yep. All right, let's move on to the South. 
I had the Titans at 11 and 6. And they made it to 12 and 5. It's only a game off. The Colts, though, man, I remember vividly, and I think you guys remember this too, that I predicted the Colts to start off like 1 and 5, which they did. And then I had them going on this magical run where they ended up 11 and 6. And boy, did it almost happen. And boy, if it did, I would have. I, yeah. I would have been okay with all the other bet wrong yeah. shit I said, but I um, did not make the yep. playoff. You were I, I I very much remember you saying that, and you were pretty spot on. I mean, oh man, yeah. I was so close. Okay, but okay, I had Jackson. Sorry, I had Jacksonville at four and thirteen. They finished three and fourteen. Not bad. Texans though, I had at one and sixteen. Um, wish I would have known a little bit more about Davis Mills though. Davis Mills was surprisingly good. I know we had the argument last week that you were in on him as the best quarterback. He had another good showing on a Sunday against uh, Tennessee, which was funny because obviously I didn't see the noon games, me being in Minnesota. At one point it was 21-0 Titans, and all of a sudden I'm tuning into red zone as soon as the Vikings game ends. And, like, Houston made that a game, and it was because Davis Mills threw for, like, 300 and a couple touchdowns. So. Um, I know he that's getting the, off had, topic, but no, 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 no. I mean, give Davis Mills credit. Yes. He had the he had more three hundred yard passing games than all the other rookie quarterbacks did combined, and it like I don't even think it was close. What do you guys think? Is is he talked Houston out of looking at quarterback this offseason? Do they? Yes. I I I I mean, for now, and I, I I've I've ever since I was high on Davis Mills, I've done a little bit of research. He was good at Stanford, and you can make the case that if he stayed next year at Stanford, he would have been the number one quarterback in this exactly. year's draft class. Uh, I've I've seen people saying that if he stayed, he could have been a top ten, maybe top five pick. The fact that they got him in the third round just a year early—I mean, shit! The guy made Brandon Cooks, damn it, damn Danny, Danny Amendola. And Rex Burkhead, like a, a decent offense against the number one seed in Tennessee Titans. I mean, this I mean, this could be another thing, like I said with Detroit, where is Davis Mills the future? Maybe, maybe not. But there's so many other holes, and with having a such high pick with a, a pretty good, like I mean, there's there's plenty of great players, not a quarterback at the top of this draft board this year, where I think you're willing to wait because. It's there's so many other holes on your roster. Yeah, no, that's fair. I want to give myself a pat on the bat for the South. I was only four total games off with the records. The main one that screwed me over was Jacksonville because I had them at five wins, ended up with three. I thought their offense would be a little better than it was, and I thought Lawrence would have had a better rookie season than he did. But I'm glad he finished strong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If he plays like he did in week, uh, 18 next year, I think there will no longer be talk of if he was a bust or not. He's going to have a pretty good second year. And then because of how bad he was this year, people are going to like all of a sudden remember getting like, oh shit, this is the guy that's being compared as the best prospect since luck. If that yeah. makes sense. Oh, yeah. He is, it's, he is, yeah, he is, he is going to be forgot about because he, I mean, his rookie season was not very good. He won a lot of games with turnovers and no touchdowns. And he is going to shine next year. I can see it now. They they probably will win five games, maybe. 
but he will – I can totally see him taking a massive step forward in year two, also depending on who they get at coach. Yeah, this is true. But I, um, I, had, the, I had the four teams in this division right. No need to go over that anymore. Um, but just yep. to say my predictions. All right, let's go to the West. Um, Chiefs, I had winning the division at 15-2. and two. Yeah, they went 12-5. and five. I know. I was high on the Chiefs. I was really high on the Chiefs. Um, second place, I had the Chargers. And this was supposed to be my big, bold pick, I remember, because Lord knows I do way too many of those. Oh, yeah. Um, I had the Chargers at second, finishing at 12-5. and five. Um, Not great. Um, I had Broncos in third at 10-7. and seven. They went 7-10. and 10. And then uh, the Raiders... I had finishing last place at the record of four and thirteen. Oh my god! Who told you that was a bad idea? You did. Um, you did. I. I'm gonna be honest. I just. I wasn't. I. I didn't believe in them. I did. I honestly did. I mean, yeah, their um, rosters. I, just, I mean, it still doesn't look sexy on paper. They're. They don't. They don't even have like a top fifteen roster. If you just look at depth. I. 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 I mean, how many wins do they did they get this year? They got ten wins. I I don't know how they won ten games. I watched every game on Red Zone or every primetime game, whatever it was. I gun to my head. If you tell me two years from now what the Raiders' record would have been, I'm like, oh, they won like what six games that year. I'd be shocked if it's only won ten games this year, two years from now. The thing is, like, they're if you take out the Chiefs game, I'd like to see what their defensive numbers looked like because their defense was, and this is why I said I think they were going to make the playoffs here because I thought their defense would be improved. Um, their their offense actually got a lot worse statistically than what it was before, but no. their defense has been. This is probably the best defense they've had under Derek Carr's whole tenure. And it's because they went and they went and they got a Casey Hayward and they got a Denzel Perriman and they played like pro bowlers and they got a couple guys on the, they got Quentin Jefferson from Buffalo. They got uh, Nate Hobbs rookie out of Illinois and they got a lot of guys that um, really stepped up for him. A lot of good veterans. And Gus. Yeah. I mean, I'll just give credit to you and credit to the Raiders for having a good year. You, you you're right, Colin. You were right. Yeah, the one thing I was wrong about was the Chargers actually, because I had them. I think I had them making. Oh no, I didn't. You know what? I remember I was. I had the Raiders and Chargers tied at ten and seven, um, and it had the Raiders as the seven seed with the tiebreaker. So I had the Chargers missing the playoffs. I had them at ten and seven. They went nine and eight. I had Denver at. Six and eleven, they went seven and ten, and I had the Chiefs at thirteen wins at twelve. So, this was probably my best division, the one I'm most proud of for my predictions. Yeah, I had the Chiefs yeah. winning this, like all of us. You guys all remember I was on the Broncos hype train, obviously. Yes, I remember. Um, I they missed the playoffs by what two or three games. I said that Teddy was good enough with good weapons and a good defense. I don't think Teddy had a bad season. What I didn't realize is how horrible Pat Shermer still is as a coach. Um, He was good as an OC in Minnesota, failed as a head coach in New York, 
And I just, I kind of didn't know where he went. I knew he had ended up in Denver kind of as an OC. And I was like, okay, good fit. Back to just calling plays. Maybe not a leader of a team. Maybe can coach on offense. I was wrong. I think he has completely stunted the growth of an offense in Denver. So I'm actually very excited to see what a team with a lot of weapons, Melvin Gordon, Javonta Williams, Jerry Judy, uh, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sun, all of those players on the Denver offense that took a kind of a step back this year, I think will once again be on that upward trend with a new coach next year. So And, and saying that I have the perfect, the perfect idea, perfect, like I don't think it'll happen. But if it does happen, I will be the guy hyping up the Broncos next year. But I think there is a um, guy they get to be their head coach next year that will bring in a quarterback that knows his offense. And whether he'll be the starter, whether Drew Locke will be the starter, whether Teddy Bridgewater will be it, I think they'll be able to run that offense well. And that guy I'm thinking of is uh, Brian Dave. This Dable okay. was supposed to be a head coach uh, last year. He got a ton of interviews, um, but he didn't accept any of the offers because he wanted to have like his own guy come in or in a system. That's the whole reasoning Buffalo signed Mitch Trubisky in the offseason was so okay. that Dable could bring a guy in, learn the offense. So I – Mitch is only on a one-year deal, and I already assumed at the beginning of the year Dable was going to be leaving um, after the season. So wherever Dable goes, I think Trubisky will go. And I think Trubisky could work in Denver with Dable. I think it could work. As a Raiders fan, I'd absolutely love to see Trubisky come to the AFC West. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I would but that, that would be my prediction. That's my out-there prediction, but – we can save that for later. Let's go to the NFC East. And I I, you got I don't even want to talk about this. I no, feel great know. about this division, but I'm sure you don't. <laughs> I right. was so wrong about one of these teams. So wrong. I was so wrong about all of these teams. My division winner, yes, was the New York football giants. And I'll tell you why. It was because I was so convinced that after his first year, I think we can, I think most people agree after the first year, Joe Judge didn't look that bad of a coach. No. It was not that bad. I thought he had potential. And I thought like I thought their defense looked good. Their defense looked good. They brought in two weapons like Kenny Dolliday, who was good, and Kadarius Tony, who was good. He was just hurt all year. And you bring back potentially a healthy Saquon. All they needed to do was figure out the Daniel Jones situation and the offensive line situation. And I, that's what I had going in my head, especially the fact that the shitty way their season ended where they needed uh, Philly to pull a win and they put in Nate Sudfeld in the final half of the season. And I thought they Mark were just going to ride that. Right. That yeah, was fuck Doug Peterson. That was not um, Doug Peterson. That was Howie Roseman. Don't care. Uh, fuck Don't the care. whole organization. Pe- oh, yeah. Doug no, Peterson. it's always – we are not – Doug Peterson, future. future Bears head coach, calling it. That would be um, – would. Um, but regardless, I had the Giants winning the division at 6-11. and 11. 
Ugh. I had I, that just mathematically doesn't make sense. It doesn't, but I put it in the predictor. I didn't I my thing with the predictor was I just went game by game for the entire season and I just picked who I thought was gonna win in that scenario. And I didn't even look at what the division were. And I ended up the season having <laughs> the Giants, the football team, and the Eagles all ending at six and eleven. Um, and then in last place, I had the Dallas Cowboys. How could you have been so low on Dallas? I didn't think they had a good defense. Um, hand up, ended up being one of the best. I didn't just straight up did not believe in Mike McCarthy. And I didn't know how Dak was going to be after footage. I just, after, I mean, like, they had a better record last year when they only had Dak for like four weeks. And yeah. Yeah. I was, I'm glad none of us picked Washington because you know that no team ever wins it twice in a row. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I, um, I had Dallas win this one. I was high on Dallas. I said Dak would come back and play really well, which he did. The one thing I was off on here was I had the Eagles in Flast, which this Eagles team are they? They're gonna get smoked by Tampa. I'm sorry. Um, they 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 took advantage of their division. They won their division games and they won some key games when they had to. But they went oh and they were like zero oh and seven against teams over five hundred or something like that. They they took they won. Give them total credit. They won the games they should win, and then they lost the games they should have lost. This is a team that will be very good in the future, and I think Jalen Hurts is the answer. And as the season went on, Nick Sirianni figured out his scheme that was going to work. I would I would love to give a ton of credit to Philly because they are only on the rise, but I don't think they should be taken as a serious contender. That being said, I, they I still had them in fourth, and they were not a fourth place team. I had them in last as well. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to Philly. I just I I was well on Sirianni, and he ended up being maybe the best. Oh, I hated Sirianni, and it all started with that horrible first press conference he had. Yeah, like all awkward, and he couldn't form sentences. And I'm like, how is this guy going to lead a football team? But I'll give him credit; they really throughout the season found an identity. And yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts was his quarterback. And he made it work with him. He built a system around him. Uh, and I I was preaching all year, like, they got to start using Miles Sanders more. So when he got healthy, they did. Um, and their run their running game was terrific down the stretch. That's why they won, like, six to seven. Um, I just wish we could see more out of their receivers. I think Devontae Smith is going to be a really good football player. I agree. I just – I they really needed Rager to work out, and he obviously didn't and is probably not going to. And their defense yeah. is better than I thought it would be, so I'll give them credit. I doubted them. And I, I had the Giants having more wins than you did. I had the Giants with seven wins. So oh, shit. I thought Who's the good. idiot now? But third place <laughs> – um, and that's that's really just because of their defense. And I thought Daniel Jones, you know, and he was hurt, so maybe they would have had an extra couple wins if he was healthy the whole year. But I thought a healthy Daniel Jones and the additions they made on offense, they'd be good enough to get them seven wins with how solid their defense was last year. I had Washington at eight wins, mainly because it's not a. I didn't think it'd be a great division. 
and they showed. Well, some- I Washington had the toughest schedule. That was my thing. I thought Washington was going to be still decent. I thought they were going to be around the like seven win mark they were last year. It was just they had to play the first place schedule, so they had to go against yeah. the Packers, the Bucks. And I think that was that was kind of the deciding factor. I just thought Washington's defense was going to be so much better than it was. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. I even have it written down. I I wrote two things next to Washington because I had them in second. I wrote great defense again, and then I just wrote Fitzpatrick question mark because I didn't know what Ryan Fitzpatrick I was going to get. And then sadly, I got no Ryan Fitzpatrick because he got hurt in week one. So, yeah, I did. Yeah, aside from the Eagles, I was I wasn't terrible. I did have the Cowboys ten and seven, winning the division, making the playoffs. They went what twelve and five, so not my greatest. I was a. I just again, like you guys said, I didn't think their defense was, would be. Um, like it is. I didn't think Micah Parsons would make that much of a difference in year one. Yeah, he's going to get defensive player of the year votes. And it was funny, too, because I don't know if you guys remember, there was like a couple plays in week one of Buccaneers versus Cowboys where Brady had just had him in absolute hell, like running yeah, around, looking yeah. lost. And then there was, there was like one person tweeting out like how he looked lost. And that was obviously a, a little bit too soon to tweet out something like that. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the we next. We spent division. way too much time on such a horrible division, by the way. Yes. So. Yes. Uh, next division, NFC North, Packers. I think most of us had them winning the division. Mm-hmm. By the way, Colin, I calculated um, how many games off I was with all my teams. I suggest you do that. Uh, we can compare the numbers. My number was not good so i'll already crown you champion i just want to know your number um but i mean the packers won the division we all knew they were gonna do that i had them at 14 wins they got 13 wins so one off mm-hmm. uh the vikings i was high on uh i had them at 10 wins and making a playoff spot i thought you know there was gonna be a chance and and they just couldn't win close games i think that was their biggest thing they yep. struggled early in the year with that. Um, third place, I had the Bears with nine wins. Um, I think that oh. was mostly because I, I, I thought it was because I honestly thought Andy Dalton was going to play a little more. And I know we can go on about this, who should have played, blah, 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 blah. I still think Fields just needed a year to sit. I don't think he was NFL ready. He looked good at points. Fields didn't play good. I mean, he he didn't. What was his highest like passing yards in a game? What was his highest completion percentage? It wasn't good. No. Sure, he was surrounded by a lot of disappointments, especially Allen Robinson. By the way, uh, I updated my graveyard, and Allen Robinson is very high on my graveyard list. Rightfully so. Yes. Um, but regardless, I was high on the Bears. Bears not. Form. And then I had the Dan. Uh, I'm. I apologize to Dan Campbell because I had the Lions at one and sixteen. <laughs> they looked to be on that track for a while, but and then they they became such a fun team like the last like third of the season. And yes. it, I mean we were all rooting for them to get a win. 
Obviously, I was hoping it wouldn't come against the Vikings, but I was rooting for a Lions win. But they became very fun to watch for a good portion of the season. Um, I lied earlier when I said I don't know what division it was, that that was the easiest. I think the NFC North was actually the easiest division to predict. This was – if you just looked at it coming into the season, I it would be hard to find someone who didn't have Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions in that order. Packers um, – this was a team that everyone knew was going to compete for the one seed. Vikings, I had said Kirk and defense have good seasons. I was right about one, that being Kirk. Defense, I thought Daniil's coming back. You add in Everson. You add in Patrick Peterson, some new safeties. The defensive line duel of Michael Pierce and Dalvin Thomason. I'm thinking, okay, this team has pieces. It's a t- uh, uh, Zimmer knows how to run the defense. The defense actually got worse. Injuries and players missing time did not help, but this was a bottom five defense. And it was as good as the offense was at times. It just could not keep up or, or close out games. If you, another funny thing is this defense was historically bad within the last two minutes of both the first and second half, which is insane, yes. like situationally, that they just could not get stops at the end of halves. So that's a big thing that led to their downfall. I, like you, Donovan, had the Vikings. I didn't think of them as a Super Bowl contender, but I had them as making one of the three wildcard spots, and that obviously did not happen. So, um, But this was a pretty easy division for all of us to get right. Also, yeah. real quick, I looked up the field stats. It's between two games, which one was his best? At Pittsburgh, yep. where he had a – 58.6 completion percentage through mm. 291 yards and had one touchdown and one interception. Or mm. it was Minnesota on on that Monday night game where he had a 66.7% completion percentage with 285 yards and one touchdown. Um, I, I think just looking at stats, these games are closer – it was by far that Steelers game. That Steelers game, he was he went back and forth with a, a Steelers team that was actually moving the football. Um, he showed a ton of flashes on that Steelers game. If you look at the stats of the Minnesota game, it they look fine. As someone who painfully had to sit through all three hours of that 17-9 game, out of the, what, 285 that he had, 90 of it came on the last drive when the Vikings sat back and played prevent. And if not for a touchdown on the very last play of the game where he just threw it up to Jesper Horstead, um, he finishes that game without a touchdown. So Fields, that Minnesota game was fine, but he was scared to push the ball down the field. I mean, if you go back and, like, look at it up until that final drive. I think, Colin, you even said something in our group chat after that game, where after that drive, you're like, Fields, successful stat pad or something. Yeah, it was a generational <laughs> stat yeah. pad. Yeah, so, I mean <laughs> – I, I am still a high on field, and most people know that. You would think I wouldn't be being a Vikings fan, but I still think Fields has the tools. But there were there were limited moments where he looked like a, like the future this year. Donovan, I was only three and a half games off in this division. I'm feeling pretty good about my chances Ooh. of winning this competition. Yeah, you should. Uh, the Lions, I had a three and three and 14, and they finished three, 13 and a half. So that's pretty good. Um, Bears, I had a six and eleven. They finished six and eleven. Vikings, I'm right there with you guys. I thought they'd be a little bit better. Um, I had them at 10 and 7, sneaking into the wild card. I remember Ben was calling me crazy because I was kind of back and forth on like Viking Saints getting in for the wild card. He's like, Come on, let's be fair here. But yeah, I mean, I up, thought I, I was wrong on the Saints because if Winston doesn't get hurt, that team easily makes the playoffs. 
So like looking back at it now, like that was a, that was a pretty good saints team. Defense played well. Um, I definitely didn't have them beating Tampa Bay twice, but they figured out a way to do that. So um, I, I don't know what I was thinking why I thought those teams were as close as they were, but obviously I was not, I just thought overall the, the way things were going to play out. I thought the offense would be good again and the defense, even if the defense was average, it was going to be a step up and it just, it was even worse. Yeah. And then uh, I was very high on the Packers preseason, but I only had them at 12 wins. They ended up winning 13, mainly because they had a tough schedule. But um, the one last dance, I was very high on it. I think they were my preseason Super Bowl pick. I can't remember if I had them or the Chiefs. I'll have to look back on that. But um, so I, I was I was pretty spot on with this division. And like you said, it was not too tough to predict. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, let's move on to the South. I had the Bucks at 15 wins. Mm. They had 13. I had the Saints at 11 wins, which Saints ended with nine. I definitely think if they had Winston for a full season, that could be the difference, and two games could be the difference. I honestly think that defense played well enough. Um, Panthers, I was a little too high on. I had them at eight wins. Um, they had five. And then I had the Falcons at three wins, who ended up being the best bad team in all football. Yeah, they were the best bad team because they didn't they got blown out by every good team they played, but they beat all the teams that they're kind of supposed to beat. Yeah. I will say I give our credit to Arthur Smith. I think he's gonna be a good coach. Um, it's Matt Ryan is nearing the end. I think that was pretty clear. I also had the Buccaneers winning this one. I knew Brady was going to be out to, to repeat as a champion this year. Saints, I had barely missing. So, I mean, if we'll, I'll spoil it, my wild cards were yikes. I had Seahawks as one of them, Vikings as one of them, and 49ers as one of them. So, uh, I, I had the Saints barely missing the wild card. I had them in second in this division, which ended up being right. It wasn't right in the way that I thought, but I, I guess I, I ended up being close. But I, I thought Jameis would have a nice season which he was on pace to have until the injury. So this, yeah. this division also was, if you just, as long as you thought that the Buccaneers would be champs and not the saints, I think you were going to do well with this one. Yeah. I had Buccaneers 13 and four. They finished uh, 13 and four. They, I had them as, as my one seed. They ended up being the two seed. I had the saints at eight and nine finished nine and eight. So I guess I even I didn't quite I at the very last second, I was like, you know what? We don't know. I, I love Jameis, but I wasn't 100 percent sure yet on what we were going to see. I had the Falcons at six and eleven. They went seven and ten. I had the Panthers at seven and ten. They went five and twelve. I thought the, I honestly thought Sam Darnold would have worked out a little bit. better. I thought he would have been a tolerable starter throughout the season. And it wasn't even close. And they had Joe Brady. I, I like Donovan was, you know, thought he would work out yeah. there. And I mean, now it's looking like they need a complete overhaul. If you would have yeah. asked me at this time last offseason, I would have said that come January 2022, Joe Brady would be getting some calls for head coaching gigs. And man, was I wrong. I was way off. Oh, yeah. I, I still think down the line he'll get a job. I think he was just in a bad situation. Maybe, I mean, because you, you think about what how he played a role with Joe Burrow, so. 
but you could also argue like LSU had so much talent that, you know, it's like hard to not be great with that. So it, it'll be, I, th- it'll be interesting to see what happens with him down the line. I agree. All right, let's move on to the last division, the NFC West. And this was my best division. I had the Rams at 12 and five, which is, that's what they finished. I had the car or the Cardinals who finished 11 and six. I had them at nine and eight, the Niners at 10 and seven. I had them going 11 and six. And then the Seahawks, I had them going eight, and nine. And they went seven to 10. I was only four games off in this division. Pretty good. I was, I felt criminal to believing in Seattle because they finished. I, I don't know if you guys remember, but their defense actually finished out really strong last year. And I was I was kind of banking on that to continue the following season. I was like, man, they get a healthy Russ. Um, Metcalf looked awesome last year. Tyler Lockett, they get their run game. Uh, their running back's healthy. So I don't know. I thought it was setting up for a good season in Seattle. And they played really tough in their division last year. So I had Seattle actually winning the division. I was just so back and forth. I changed my pick from – I started off with the Niners originally. I was like, nah, maybe I should go with the Rams. I ended up going with Seattle. But either way, I had all three teams being really good and making the playoffs. Um, and it ended up being the Cardinals instead of Seattle. So I don't know. I I, I was pretty spot on with – uh, the Niners had them at nine and eight. They went 10 seven. I thought Debo would make a big, big impact, but not to this degree. He has been a special, special playmaker this season. Yeah. I mean, man, I love Debo. Holy he's cow. so fun to watch. I mean, he can, you watch, if you actually, you're, you can say like, oh yeah, he's good at running the football. If you actually watch the Niners games though, and he is a very strong runner. Like he is a legit yes like very good running back as well. Um, and some people think he's overrated because like, they're like, Oh, so what he can run the football, but he's so explosive and he has like the perfect body type for good field vision too. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until I looked at my predictions today, I had also thought just thinking back that I'd pick Seattle. I did looking back at these end up picking the Rams to win this division. I wrote down that they closely edge out Seattle after Seattle barely won it last year. So I did get the Rams right in this one, but was definitely off on the Seahawks. I once again thought they would have another strong offensive season. The defense would be good enough with Wagner and Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs, some of those guys. Um, So obviously wrong there. I had the 49ers coming in third, which they did end up coming in third. And I had them as my number seven seed. I I wrote right here, Trey shines when he plays. I mean, he played like two games and he wasn't really anything special. I thought there was going to be like a specific point when he took over and then kind of just rolled the rest of the season. That didn't happen. He's still the answer of the future. Um, and I just figured that this 49ers roster had too much talent. Thing I was wrong about, I had the Cardinals in last because I don't know if you guys remember that. Remember this? I was not high on Cliff Kingsbury. And I said, I think he'll get fired after this year because I just don't like him. He tried his best in the second half of the season to make me look right yeah. because for the second year in a row, he's got his team to a fast start and then they just fall off for whatever reason. But they hung on to make a playoff spot and uh, ended up being all right there. So I whiffed on that one. I'm still not completely sold on Cliff Kingsbury, but he can, if he goes into LA and gets a win on next Monday night in, in the playoffs, my, I, I will, I will start thinking of him a little bit higher. 
All right. So I think the big reveal, at least for me and Colin, is how many games off will we? Now, Colin, I'm very confident you won this. So congratulations. Um, I will give my number. I, for the entire season, was 81 games off. Wow. Okay. I got to complete my tally here. I got two divisions okay. left. I, I was playing my okay. Madden game. I fell behind. So, <laughs> all right. I'll, st- I'll, st- I'll stall for you. I'll stall. Yeah, yeah. You so, talk about some random shit. Since this episode is long enough and we still have to talk about the NFL playoffs coming up, I decided to do this. Instead of going through the bracket and picking who you think is going to win what game, this is what we'll do. We will do a power ranking. And I think this will end up being a bit easier to post. But I say give a 14-team power rank. Number one is you're most likely to win the Super Bowl, 14 least likely. So while you guys go ahead and do your list and Colin can give your number, I already finished my list and I'll run through it. So we have, you know, multiple multitask. Or a podcast we can do multiple things. So Colin without going too much number? depth too. Um, yeah. i I'll I'll give I'll, I'll tell you who I think is gonna win this weekend. Yeah. Um okay so did I saw long enough? <laughs> and now I get now I actually gotta add them all up. Yeah I think the NFC West might have been my worst division just because of how off I was on Seattle. I'm a Seattle truther. I do not believe in Russell Wilson. I'm sorry. No, I mean, something's got to change. Now, you know what? Here, I'll finally do my Russell Wilson take. I don't have the stats on it. But here's the thing. Russell Wilson, for a while now, has been given that elite quarterback status. From what we've seen out of the young guys, the young up-and-comers um, in recent draft classes, I do not think Russell Wilson should be labeled as an elite quarterback anymore. I well, I think when you look when you look back at like what made him elite in the first place, and I'm kind of like helping your argument here, like the Legion of Boom. You know, he's put into a perfect situation. Great head coach all time, Pete Carroll, and I mean Russ is still even if you don't want to put him in a elite combo, he's still very, very good quarterback and is still one of my favorite players. No, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this guy is trash, but I agree. Yeah, he I, was, I see where he you're coming from. entered the league with the league's best defense and not even just the league best, but an all-time defense. And you give him one of the greatest running backs of the 2000s in Marshawn Lynch. You give him Pete Carroll – you, as you mentioned, one of the greatest coaches of the 21st century, and you give him, you know, not star wide receivers, but always studs. I mean, he had Golden Tate for a while. He has DK now. He had Lockett. He had Baldwin. I'm sure I'm forgetting some guys too. He's always just had random studs, and I think ever since their last Super Bowl and they lost the Legion of Boom, it's just been. Seattle's trying to run the ball. And don't get me wrong, I think Russell Wilson still probably has the league's best deep ball. But other than that, I every time I watch Russell Wilson, he's just doing circles 
and circles and spin moves 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage and just throws up a prayer and hope it's one of the three games Tyler Lockett catches it. And uh, I just I, – I don't see it. I think he was lifted up by such a good team, and then now that he's not, you can kind of see why he's a, a fringe top-10 quarterback. Uh, I, I, I see. I see. I wouldn't go as far to say fringe uh, top-10 quarterback. I – I, All right, off the top of my head, guys that I would take, Russell Wilson. Oh, okay. Taking Rodgers, mm-hmm. Rodgers, Brady, Josh yep. Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Herbert. That's probably most people's top five. Okay, I would go that's fair. Burrow. I mm-hmm. would go Lamar. Not for his quarterbacking, but just because he, he, he well, makes he plays. Him. He makes yeah. plays. Now I think this is where it gets tough. I would go Dak. I would, I would not go, go Stafford. Stafford. I, would. I would go Stafford. No, no, Stafford. no. Stafford is I All right, even without Stafford, even without Stafford, I would go Kyler. So without Stafford, that's 9. So that would put Russell at 10. You could make the case for Matt Stafford and then you start to ask questions where it's I I wouldn't I'm not saying Tannehill. But I think Tannehill's close. Oh, I think Cousins no, close. No, I, I'm not saying these guys. I'm just I know. Saying I don't. I don't close. think close. I they're think close. They're like one or two spots behind Russell Wilson, and then you get in the conversation. Would you take a guy like Derek Carr? You're not. I you're mean. not. You're not gonna like this. I would take Russell over Dak and Lamar. I don't think I Lamar would, was that I, good. I, this year. My my top ten that I'm taking over him is in order. Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Herbert, Burrow, Kyler, Dak, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the name, aren't I? Please In Russell's me. defense, they won what seven games? They went seven and ten. Stafford. They had a pretty bad defense. Yeah. And Russ, how many games did Russ miss this year? He missed a few games. He did. He did miss a couple games with a thumb injury. I think it was like five or six, something around there. But I don't know. Tough, just probably toughest division in football. You know, you miss some games. Your defense sucks. Seven and ten. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I think we're discrediting Russell Wilson a little bit here. Yeah, I, I, I don't just on him. Yeah. That's, I, that's my Russell. That's my uh, Russell. Donovan, what was your what was your number for how many games off? My were? number was eighty one. I was okay. eighty one games off. Mine was fifty one. Okay, so I guess so. Congratulations. I guess I win this year's uh, competition. Yes, I will try and do better next year. <laughs> um, but you still owe me an essay. I'm okay. never letting this go until I get an essay. You still haven't owed me an essay from the fair. Bills Chiefs game. Very fair. I'm gonna bring it up every podcast until you give me my essay. Um also I saw stat of the year. Um I think it was Jake Marsh from Pardon My Take. Yes. Shout um the Miami Dolphins are nine and zero this year. When they play against a quarterback with an O in his last name, 
and we're 0-8 against quarterbacks that don't have an O in their last name. So can you really blame Tua for not making the playoffs when this is – Well, let me ask you this. Was it Tua or was it Brian Flores? And if you're Brian Flores – Brian Flores curse. Well, if it's with Brian Flores, does Brian Flores go to a team like Minnesota who has to play a guy like Rodgers? Oh. But Fields off. So that could be – but what if they start – what if they hire Doug Peterson? He loves Nick Foles. Start Andy Dalton. Dalton, too. Mm-hmm. If you yes. if, if Fields is injured, then you're winning every single divisional game. As, as fantastic as that would be, um, I'm hoping offensive coach, but I, <laughs> I think I have to make an exception for uh, for Brian Flores because I do think he's a really good coach. I uh, heard that – I don't know where I heard this, but I, I know – I've known that, like, he was never big on Tua. That doesn't surprise I, me. I've heard that like I'm still not huge on Tua. He did have no, a better year, but I'm still I'm not, not huge on Tua. But like when they were when they when it was when they had that top five, top six pick, whatever it was, and they took Tua over Herbert, he wasn't happy about it. He wanted ju- he thought Justin was the guy, but the GM didn't listen to him, obviously. And yeah. that's where it kind of all started. So when you say like, oh, he doesn't, he still doesn't love Tua, it's like I get where he's coming from, you know. Obviously, you want him to have a good relationship with his quarterback, but it's it's got to be tough for him to watch Justin Herbert do what he's doing, and he's over here limited with Tago Bailoa, imagining what could have been. I mean, this Dolphins team, the, the ceiling could be a Super Bowl if they had Justin Herbert on that roster. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with Brian Flores. I stand with Brian Flores. Yes. All right, I'm going to give my power rankings. You guys work on yours or whatever, whether you're going to come up with them on the fly or not. Yeah. I'll go from 14 to 1. So team I think is least likely to win the Super Bowl, that is the Yinzers, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, ben, I'm sorry. The road to the play- Super Bowl doesn't look good, and you have to play the Chiefs who just shit-kicked you a couple weeks ago. Not great. 13, I'm sorry. Vegas, you're out of here. You won four straight to win. You won four straight to get in. Congratulations. You had a tough season. Pisaccia has my vote for coach of the year. Um, We can get into that because about a third of the league should get uh, coach of the year. Yeah, you can make a case for so many guys. I know. It's insane. Um, 12, I'm going the Eagles. They're just – they're the good. They're just good. They're not great. And you got to be great to win the Super Bowl. And they're just, they're just good. You know, that's, that's my agency. 11, May Shockey, Cardinals. I am, I, I was never, even when they were undefeated, I was still questioning. It's, 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 as much as I love chaos, this is way too much chaos for one team. Um, I do think they're going to get JJ Watt back. So they may win a playoff game, um, but I, 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 I don't love the Cardinals. Ten, Cowboys. Here's why. The team they play start, I don't think they're going to win. I really don't, and we'll get into that. But I, 
Cowboys are good, but I think it's a situation where even if they beat a team like the 49ers, you got to go up against really good pass-heavy offenses. And Trayvon Diggs, hell of a season. But at the rate he's giving up yards, you got to match him up against Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, uh, a Cooper Cup. I, I, I just I don't see it going well. I think they're going to give up big plays. Um, nine, I'm going the Patriots. The only reason I don't have them higher is because they have a rookie quarterback and they got to play three games on the road. That's not good. But other than that, good defense, run the ball, best coach of all time. Number eight, I have the Rams. This is mostly because Matthew Stafford, although I do think Matt Stafford is still a good quarterback. He, he scares me sometimes with his interceptions. Um, I mean, you can take him out of Detroit, but you can't take the Detroit out of the guy. Oh. Um, number seven, I have my dark horse team, the 49ers. I said whoever's going to win the Super Bowl was going to end the year hot. Um, there isn't a lot of teams coming in too hot, but I think with their momentum and the way they could just completely dominate running the ball and they have an elite guy and Debo Samuel can do everything. I think is a difference maker in a playoff game. Um, six, I have the Titans. They're getting Derrick Henry back. I just, I, I don't love their defense. I, 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 it's good. It's not great. Same thing I was talking about with the Eagles. You got to be, you got to be great. Top five. Number five, I got the Bengals coming in red hot. My only issue with the Bengals, the only reason I do not have them as a top three team doing the Super Bowl is because I don't know how they're going to look with a week off. They had so much momentum going. And I honestly think if they even just played the starters in the first half of that meaningless uh, end of the season game, I think it's the difference between me putting them at five and me putting them at three. At four, I got my Buffalo Bills. They were sneaky good to end of the season. Um, I know the scores don't look great, but they were starting to run the ball a lot more. Devin Singletary looks good. Josh Allen's still going to be making plays. Josh Allen's going to be running the ball a hell of a lot in the postseason. And if you look at their matchups coming up, I mean, they got to beat New England. They've done it. They got to go at Arrowhead and win. They've done it this year. Um, and then it's what? Tennessee. It's, uh, I mean, it would probably be Tennessee in the championship if they were to make it that far. Derrick Henry's tough to stop. I think they have a shot. Number three, Bucks, Tom Brady. That's all I got to say. Chiefs, two, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I still think they'll probably be one of the Vegas betting odds favorites, either one or two. And number one, it's, it's the Packers. They just look so good. Devontae. Aaron Rodgers are just – they're on fire. I don't know if this is a good thing, but my list is very similar. I have the Steelers at 14 um, for obvious reasons. I have the Eagles at 13. I, I love what they're doing, but they're very limited. I have the Cardinals um, at 12. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to lose track of my numbers here. I have the Cardinals at 12. They haven't been playing great football in the second half of the season. Um, not a huge believer in them right now. The Patriots, 
I, I think the Patriots are super limited with their offense, um, but their defense can make plays. I just don't think this is a team that can win a Super Bowl. I have the Raiders. They're very hot right now, but um, they're also just limited. I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender, unfortunately. I have the Dallas Cowboys. 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. At number nine, I have the Dallas Cowboys. They also just – I think it's a really bad matchup for them. In I do too. Said, um, I think it's a really bad matchup for them. Uh, in, it's going to get scary in Jerry World. That's all I'm going to say. I have the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not quite as high on them as you are. Um, I still think they're limited. I don't really see them as a Super Bowl contender right now. Um, I, I just think my my point is I think if a game's going to get into a shootout, I think they're right up there with the Chiefs and being able to put up points. I honestly yeah. do. But but they would have to go to Arrowhead. And, I know it's uh, I, I know it's tough, but everything I, went right for them in that game against the Chiefs, and I don't I don't think they do it in Arrowhead. I got the Rams right ahead of them. Um, I and then I have the 49ers above the Rams. I have to have the 49ers above the Rams after what we just saw. Um, I I love the I think the 49ers are gonna win their first matchup of the playoffs. Um, and the Rams, I mean, they just they're they're so much of a wild card. They look like the best team in the NFL for a half and another game they'll look like, you know, Matthew Stafford will throw a pick six and they're out of the game. They have so much talent, so much potential. Like Michael, the great Michael Jordan once said, the ceiling is the roof. But um, yeah, I don't know. They're they're too inconsistent for me. I got the Bills, first team in my top five, number five. I Buffalo, if they had a little bit more of a run game, they'd be more serious contenders for me. I think this team can win a Super Bowl. They their defense has been much improved this year. Josh Buffalo's no. built. To play in the Super Bowl, the game's being played in LA. Buffalo's offense is built for SoFi. Just Perfect. saying. There you go. I have the Chiefs right above them um, because their defense really figured it out in the second half. Still not completely sold on their offense, though. I don't think it's the offense that we've seen the past few years. Maybe they will prove me wrong. They'll, they'll play the Steelers and drop fifty on them in the first game, so that'll get them hot. I got the Buccaneers three. Only reason I don't have them a little higher is because of the injury of Chris Godwin and the injury of Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown uh, throwing his gear into the stands. Um, I love this team still. I think they're legit contenders, but they're not quite as good as they were last postseason. Titans at two, they get the first round by. They get to host a game in Nashville, just one game to make the AFC Championship which they would also host in Nashville. They get Derrick Henry back. Julio scored his first touchdown. A.J. Brown's healthy. Everything's falling into place for them. And number one, I have the Green Bay Packers. We There hasn't been one great team this year, but they have looked like the best team for a majority of the season. Um, it's the last dance, baby. It's one – it's probably not actually the last dance, but it's been called the last dance the whole year. Um, I think Rodgers is not going anywhere after the season, but this is probably the best chance he has in his career to get that last ring. All righty. So I had some different ones, different than you guys, and you'll hear the reasoning why. 
At 14, I have the Eagles just because of inexperience, and I don't think that they could play from behind whatsoever. At 14 and 13 with the Eagles and Steelers, I think you're kind of just your two seven seeds. Um, the only reason I put the Steelers higher is just because you got the playoff experience. It's a guy that's made it through before, and maybe he finds a way to keep the game somewhat close. I doubt it, but I, I like him a hell of a lot more, keeping it close than an Eagles team that, at least with the Steelers, you've seen them score in the second half sometimes and come from behind. With the Eagles, I just don't think they can come from behind. So 14 Eagles, 13 Steelers, 12 Raiders. Um, magnificent that they're even here. And I think that they could play with the Bengals and keep it somewhat close, but I believe they'd have to win in a shootout. 11, you guys had this team higher. I have the 49ers at 11. They are becoming everyone's sleepers team. I said that earlier. I think they lose on Sunday to uh, to the to the Cowboys. Jimmy Garoppolo. Shanahan hater. This I'm isn't even a that Shanahan. Label on. You're a Shanahan. This hater. is not I'm Shanahan. Slapping it on you. That team is a whole is too inconsistent. They got You're swept. They got swept by Seattle. They it, it's I don't have the exact schedule up in front of me. They're too inconsistent. They lost to they lost on the road in Tennessee after a horrible second half out of Garoppolo. I don't know which Jimmy I'm gonna get, and I just. Little, it's it's crazy. After such a great offensive season from Dallas, I've seen so many people this week think that the 49ers are just going to go in there, get a lead early, and run the ball game and control the game. I don't think that's going to happen. I think 49ers get bounced first round in what is probably a letdown season for them. So 49ers 11, Cardinals at 10. I do think they could win a road playoff game, but I, they would just have to play drastically different football from what they played the last four or five weeks. Um, the, the, this did not shake out as a great matchup for them. I'd like their chances in other road opponents. Number nine, the Patriots. Um, I think the Bills take care of business and knock them off. But the Patriots, I would not be surprised if this if they keep this game close. Um, they look a little bit more limited the last I wouldn't, weeks. I wouldn't that. be surprised if New England won. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I, I wouldn't either. I just have to put them at nine based on how I feel about the other team, but would not be shocked if we're sitting here in two weeks and Patriots won one or even two playoff games. I mean, this was a Patriots team that was the one seed, what, three or four weeks ago. So um, it's, it's crazy because it's at nine, you would think that seems low, but just based on like how my chances are for the other teams, um, that's just where I had to put them. Eight, I have the Rams. I truly do think the Rams are one playoff win and knocked out. I don't think Matt Stafford can lead the Rams to a road playoff victory in Lambeau or in Tampa Bay. And, I mean, if you look at the odds, the way things shack out, if the two favorites win their playoff games, the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, that would send the Rams to Lambeau with a win where Stafford has never had success. It's as good of a coach as I think Sean McVay is. I don't think they beat Green Bay. So that's why I have the Rams at eight. Are they better than probably the Cowboys and Bengals? Yes, but do I, in terms of power rankings, I think this Rams team is only getting one playoff win, and that's going to be a tough one against a good Cardinals team. So Rams at eight, Cowboys at seven. Like I said, I think the Cowboys beat the 49ers this weekend. Um, I think the offense has a good day, and they they win this game and kind of take control there. Bengals at six, I think their offense is going to be good enough to keep them in any game. Will they make it to the Super Bowl? Probably not. But would I be shocked if they take care of business, beat the Raiders, and then go on and win a second playoff game? No, I'd be not shocked at all. And I think this Bengals team is really good. Bills at five. It was really back and forth at, at Bills at five. And then potentially I almost had them at the number four, which we'll get to in a second. This Bills team is kind of starting to peak at the right time. Big win in Foxborough a couple weeks ago. And then they've looked good at home the last couple weeks. So they're starting to kind of figure it out. They have a good home matchup this week. New England has to come to their weather. I know New England beat them there the first time, but I don't anticipate 
them having to play that type of game again this weekend. So Bills at, f- at five, Titans at four. The fact that they get the bye, it gives another week for Henry is what played into this, putting them up here. Um, it could take a little bit to kind of rework Henry back into that offense, but it's another team that's kind of starting to figure it out. They had the big win against San Francisco at home a couple weeks ago. And I think Tannehill will have a nice game out of the bye, whoever they face. So Titans at four, and like Colin said earlier, just one game and they're hosting the AFC Championship at home. So this is a team that has a chance to not – that's another thing that's great about this for the Titans is I don't know if I would necessarily love their chances going to an Arrowhead, but if Arrowhead or the Chiefs have to come to them, I certainly think they can knock off knock off the Chiefs. That being said, I have the Chiefs at three. Offense and defense both have portions that scare me a little bit. Defense is starting to give up a little bit more, and offense is starting to score a little bit less. But this is still the Chiefs team. They could flip the switch, and I would not be shocked. Two Buccaneers, they're dealing with a lot, but I can never go against Tom Brady. I'm just done doing it. I mean, every year he figures out a way to pull something out of his ass. So Buccaneers are two, despite the limitations they have. But Tom Brady, I'm going to bet on him. And you could you could talk me into saying the Buccaneers will make it to Super Bowl if they weren't going to face such a great team in Green Bay, who's obviously number one. This is undisputed number one. I, I would be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't have the Packers as their Super Bowl favorite going into the playoffs just because this team – I mean, they have found their wide receiver too and Alan Lazard, who's had like five touchdowns over the last four weeks. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are a good running back duo where they get Bakhtiari – um, uh, Jair Alexander back. So this team is locked and ready to roll. That's my power rankings. It was fun on those middle teams because uh, if you just look at it by records, this was not the order you would have went to went in. But just in terms of like power rankings, I don't see teams like the Rams winning more than one playoff game, and I don't see the 49ers beating the Cowboys. So, so Donovan, you why do you think the 49ers go and beat Dallas? Well, I think that Rams game tells you pretty much all you need to know with the 49ers is that even with even when the 49ers are down how much were they down though were they down by 17 yeah uh, i think i believe so it was your 14 it was around seven it was it was 17 nothing when mcveigh celebrated in the end zone yes it was 17 nothing the fact that they can get down 17 nothing and still be all right we're still gonna run our offense and still be able to run the ball give it to debo iu kittle whatever it needs to be, they can still play their game, I think is a big testament to how just well-run this team is, how good of a coach McVay is, and how, remember, this is a very similar team that was in the Super Bowl, what was it, two years ago, two, three years ago, something like that? No, dude, and I'm telling you, they, they, as crazy as it sounds, they have a legitimate path to, like, get there again. I don't think they will. There's 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 three I, I'm there's three possible super match Super Bowl matchups that I want to see. It's I think the clear cut one that most people are gonna I guess have, and that's Chiefs Packers. It's the one I predicted to begin the season, Bills Packers, or it's the one deep down I'm kind of hoping that happens, but there's no way in chance it happens. And that's the two hottest teams, I think. And I think the two funnest teams that I've had fun watching this year, that's Bengals 49ers. Dude, I'm – let's say I, – I think the 49ers are going to win this game. Um, Dallas hasn't even been great at home this year. I'm not no. a big – I'm not even a big fan of Dallas. I know they lead the league in scoring, but a lot of that is beating up on their divisional opponents. 
they haven't been great outside of the division. I think they've been about 500. Dak hasn't been great outside of the division. And I don't know. I love Debo Samuel. I love George Kittle. I think Jimmy – I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I'm not a big fan of his, but he's been here before. I don't think he's going to shy away from the moment at all. And they got the better head coach. I'm going with the 49ers on the road. It should be a fun game. But the, I, I think they're going to make the big plays when it matters. And let's say they do win this game. They're probably going to play Green Bay. I think the, the – I, I, I don't I – would, I, would, I would still take Green Bay in that game. I would game. too. I, I think you and me are in the same situation where I still think it would be a close game because the but Packers – run the ball all over them because the Packers' yeah. run defense, not – I think that's their weak link on the squad. Well, it's that, and it's also the Packers. Although they have looked like the best team in the last couple of weeks of football, they've also just been nonstop playing close games. Yeah. Even even when it was the they played the Vikings, and the Vikings had that random backup in, it was still kind of close for three quarters, two and a half, three quarters. No, it wasn't. That that I'm sorry, that game against the Vikings was yeah. over. It was over mm-hmm. two minutes in. Well, I you. The Vikings Whatever. beat him the first time, though. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, the Browns kept it close, too. But regardless. Um, and the thing with the Bengals. Browns, what do the Browns do well? What do they What do They, they run the ball. They pound the rock. Nick Chubb. And I they trust Garoppolo be- more than I do Baker. Yeah. Baker oh, yeah. threw four picks that game. But – and then you want to talk about the Bengals. I think they'll be favored against the Raiders. I mean, not that I think they are favored against the Raiders. I think they'll beat the Raiders. And then if all goes accordingly, Bills beat Patriots and the uh, Chiefs beat the Steelers, the Bengals are going at Tennessee. Tennessee is not this amazing home environment where it's tough to play in. The Titans secondary, I mean, to my knowledge, isn't that isn't all that good. I Nobody think Derrick Henry would run the ball all over him, but I also think Joe Burrow can easily put up some high passing yard numbers. And if the Bengals were to go to Tennessee, I'd be honest with you, I'd be all over Cincinnati. I would, I'd put the rent on Cincinnati. And then you give Cincinnati an AFC championship between Chiefs, who they beat, and Bills, who I think you, if we get a Bengals Bills AFC championship game, oh. I'd be an all-time, all-time passing game. I just – I don't see it with Cincinnati. I think I think uh, the way that they play, it's a little reckless. I think Burroughs chaos. throw some interception. It is chaos, and we love chaos. But I still don't think their roster is that great. I don't love their defense. I don't love their run games at, at times. I don't think their offensive line is very good. I think any team with a pretty solid pass rush is um, really causing some trouble for them. Um, and – I mean, that's still a super young team. Chase isn't doing this every week. He got hot for a couple of weeks, but there was a long stretch of the season where he went cold and he wasn't making that huge of an impact. And Joe, Joe Burrow, he's got like 15 interceptions, so he's going to he's gonna turn the ball over occasionally. I just can't see a scenario in which they go and win three games, two of them on the road, and make a Super Bowl. My, my, my whole thing with this is – I said at the beginning of the season, whoever's hot going into the playoffs is going to win. And right now, my hot teams are Green Bay, San Francisco, Cincinnati, and uh, Buffalo. Those are teams that I think that are all 
kind of peaking at the right time, have momentum going into the playoffs. I think it's I I honestly got I respect to the Titans, respect to the Bucks, Rams, every other team out there. I I honestly honestly think the Super Bowl champion will be one of those four teams. And oh, Chiefs and Chiefs and Chiefs. I forgot Chiefs. Oh, you I said Cincinnati's not going to get a chance because they're not going to make it past Saturday. All right. You know what? I think this yeah, is a good stopping point. Yeah. This episode, it's felt like our longest episode, but it was needed. A lot has happened. I feel like we're we caught up to everything. Um, this was a fantastic episode, boys. Got a lot of good content out there. Any last word before we officially wrap this up? Yeah. Pounds, pound Vegas six and a half. Easy, no. easy, easy. I don't think I don't think the weather is going to play as big of an impact in this game as you think it is. It's I'm not about the weather. The I'm Raiders, about the that. Raiders are so so good. Oh shit! I don't care what I, happens when the when, up, the, when the Bengals are up. Timing. When the Bengals are up three scores at halftime, I want you to post <laughs> an emergency press conference video on Twitter. The Raiders play every game close. I don't – if they lose this game, it'll be by two or three points. They – this is going to be a close game, and the Raiders have been so good in close games this year. I got to roll with them. They're hot right now. They got the locker room going. Basaccia. I They're going to need a big game out of Derek Carr, but I think the defense is going to play well enough for them to win this game, similar like they did against L.A. You're lucky that they – they made this game at like three thirty because if it was East Coast at one, like it is on Sunday, it's this week Bengals by a million. Oh, that's true. That's true. The Raiders suck at uh, noon on the East Coast, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Josh Jacobs is going to run for over a hundred yards again. He's running. This is the he's best in my football. graveyard. I don't this even want the best football he's played in his career right now. I mean, this is this is like this Josh is, Jacobs in my graveyard right now. He didn't in his rookie season. I think the Raiders are going to win this football game. I, I believe it in my heart. But if they don't, I'm not going to be surprised because Cincinnati's a great team, and that's a tough, tough place to play. All right. I think this is going to wrap up the episode. If you've made it this far, uh, tip of the cap to you. I mean, my goodness. Um, thank you all for listening. And as always, please like, share, subscribe. Give us five stars. Follow us on Twitter. And this is it. Happy playoffs.